You are listening to Prophet Pearls with Nehemia Gordon and Keith Johnson, exploring biblical prophecy for yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Shalom, Havarim Shalanu. That means peace to you, our friends in Hebrew. This is Keith Johnson with Nehemia Gordon, ready to take another peek into the prophets to see if we can find some pearls to share with you. Shalom, Haver Shali Atamuchan. Are you ready? Ani Muchan. I'm ready, Keith. Absolutely. Shalom. Hey, listen, Nehemia, can you, you know, a couple times ago you talked about the meeting of Haver. Now, when I said Haverim, yeah. what did I say? Haverim is friends, okay. plural. Plural. And so, again, remind us the meaning of that word. What is the meaning of Yeah, Haver is to be connected. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone you're connected with. And um, there's this great word we have in he- Hebrew, the word chavruta. Mm-hmm. Chavruta is this Jewish Hebrew concept, which is two people who come together for study. Mm-hmm. And they read scripture together and they discuss it back and forth. Mm-hmm. And they argue and discuss and they look for the truth together. Uh-huh. And it is a form of uh, fellowship and uh, bonding between people. Mm-hmm. And that's really the meaning of the word chaver, to, bo- yeah. to bond, to be bonded with someone. Uh, so to be honest, these folks have been listening now. This would be the, I think it is the fourth time fourth episode. that we'll be, we'll be speaking. And so when I said chaverim shalanu, I'm, these are the people that are with us. They're mm-hmm. connected with us. I would go you so are far. Chaverim. You are chaverim. You are, you are, you are the ones that are, are with us on this. So let's, let's get right into this. Nehemia, what we talk about in, in the portion is we talk about language, history, and context. And we're about to switch from what I would have traditionally understood as, uh, as the historical books. In other words, when we're dealing with uh, Isaiah and Jeremiah and the mm-hmm. prophets, to have kings connected, kind of the first time I heard about that kind of threw me off. Because I think of, you know, the prophets are the names of the prophets. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about why kings is a part of the prophets. Yeah, so in ancient Hebrew, you've got, or in, the, in ancient Hebrew culture, you really had three fields of information of knowledge, and history wasn't one of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was three fields of knowledge, and this is actually referred to in, can we look at those verses? Absolutely. There's, a, there's actually two verses that refer to this, that um, there is the Torah, the prophets, and the writings. Today we call them the Torah, the prophets, and the writings. And that's where we get the word Tanakh, which mm-hmm. is the acronym for the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. But in ancient Israel, they um, were described slightly differently, and it actually gives us some really cool perspective. Um, so, for example, if we look at, uh, let's see, um, no, well, now you're looking for that. I'm it's really interesting. While you continue looking at the computer, yeah. uh, the reason that I'm, that I'm bringing this up is that, you know, sometimes, um, at least in, the, in our English Bibles, it's even, you know, there's a different order that right, happens. So, for right. example, Chronicles <clears throat> is at the end of the Tanakh right. and the Hebrew Bible, but it's, a, it's right after Kings in, uh, in right, the Right, because in the Bible. Greek, you know, when they translated the Bible into Greek, the Greek way of thinking was that you had prophecy as one subject and another subject was history. Mm-hmm. And that was just the way they thought. And so that it's broken into, I believe, five sections in the, in the Greek Bible, mm-hmm. which is carried over into your English, like in your King James Bible. Mm-hmm. But in the Hebrew, we have three fields of knowledge. And so, for example, there's this great verse that references this. It's in um, Ezekiel chapter 7, verse 26. And I love it because it starts off, Hova al Hova Tavo. I don't have time to talk about that. Okay. But, um, you know, that's the word that people translate uh, as disaster. And they say, Yehovah is a uh, hail disaster. And that's oh like goodness. saying, if you assume you're making, can I say this? No, one? well, I mean, no. You know what but happens that, that, if you yeah, assume? Yeah, you make something out of you and me. Right. Um, and that's the kind of logic which saying Yehovah has anything to do with this word Hovah. It's, in in yeah. Hebrew, it just sounds idiotic. Yeah. Like saying that assume has to do with that other word, which actually comes from Latin, as I do with um, that that first part anyway so and really it's more like rumor uh, or bad bad report 
Mm-hmm. Bad report upon bad report uh, shall come, and, and rumor upon rumor shall be. And it says, Uvikshu chazon minavi, and they will seek vision, chazon, from the prophet. Yes. Torah, tovad mi kohen. Torah will be lost from the kohen, from the priest. Mm-hmm. And uh, wisdom, literally, uh, uh, good counsel, mm-hmm. but wisdom from the elders. So we've got three fields of knowledge here. The Torah, the prophets, and the wisdom. And if mm-hmm. you think about it, Tanakh really is Torah, prophets, and wisdom. Mm-hmm. So we've got the Torah. That's a no-brainer. The prophets is a second section. It's mm-hmm. called that. And the third field of information starts with um, you know Proverbs, and it, and it has Ecclesiastes. And then you ask the question, why isn't Daniel in the Hebrew Bible? Why isn't it in the prophets? And the answer for me is obvious. Daniel's not in the prophets because it's a wisdom book, and it starts off talking how he was, you know, trained in wisdom. Mm-hmm. And yes, he had prophecies, but primarily it's a not prophecy in what we call the classical prophet uh, sense. Mm-hmm. So we're we're we're, we're, we're going to be starting in Kings, which is yeah. a part of the prophets I'm the in, section. Of it, the in the Hebrew, it's a part of the prophets. In the Hebrew, the prophets. And one more verse that references this is in Jeremiah, just as a second witness, because you know I think it's important that people know we we have this concept of there's three fields of knowledge. But in ancient Israel, there, there were, I mean, we have, you know, different, you know, we have actually the liberal arts. How many of those? Like eight or something, <laughs> yeah. I think. Um, and so here in Jeremiah eighteen eighteen, which is the second the second verse, um, uh, I'll just skip into the middle of it. It says, uh, it says, Kilo tovad kohen, uh, Torah mi kohen, for Torah is not lost from the, from the priest. Ve'itzami chacham, and count good counsel or wisdom from the sage. So here it's replaced elder with sage. Uh, and and word from the prophet. So it's interesting. Mm-hmm. In Ezekiel, he used the word chazon, vision, mm-hmm. and here he uses the word word, davar. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, think about you know with that phrase where we have you know the word of of Yehovah came to so and so saying, davar mm-hmm. actually means word, but also prophecy. Amen, amen. So here we are. We've got uh, two connections with that. One, yeah. uh, when I when I talk a lot about what changed my life, really changed my life, was being able yeah. to find this Torah scroll in Israel. And uh, it's right downstairs here. We're together right now still at the house. Um, we're here in, in Charlotte. And uh, when you come in in the house and you look to the left, yeah. you see that Torah scroll. The first mm-hmm. thing that, uh, was sort of the thing that brought us together. And the words on the front of that Torah scroll uh, being the word of the Lord, and it's the word Devar. Yeah. I mean, that it came. But the thing that really has gotten me excited and the reason that I've, I've been encouraged about wanting to do Torah uh, prophet pearls and continuing to remind people about the original Torah pearls is just that I have in the last uh, few months been reminded of how important it is to teach God's people his word. I mentioned this when I was in San Diego. Early in the morning, Andrea and I were out there. I was speaking at an event, and I had one of those moments where I was uh, praying early in the morning. It was dark. I was on Israel time. I had just gotten back from Israel, and I kept hearing five words over and over again. Teach my people my word. Teach my people my word. Teach my people my word. And it's so funny. So I come back and I've had my spiritual experience. And you're really one of the first people that I told about this, Nehemiah, um, mm-hmm. uh, after I got back from uh, my upside down in the earth uh, trip. And what did you do? You brought that verse because I said I said to you, Nehemiah, I kept hearing this over and over again. Now take those verses and bring them in context. Yeah, so to me, it's obvious. You know, the first verse says, and I hadn't thought about this in the first verse, where it says, Ki mitzion tetzei Torah, what it says in the front of your Torah scroll. For from Zion shall go forth the Torah and the word of Yehovah from Jerusalem. And I always just took those to be the same thing, but maybe they're not. Mm. Meaning we've got Torah, Torah, which is one thing, and then Devar, which is prophecy, which is the other. Wow. And, and there's that balance with Torah and prophecy. And, you know, we did the Torah pearls four years ago. And, you know, and then we were discussing, uh, you know, doing these prophet pearls. And you told me about this, this dream, you know, this 
this experience experience yes. you had and my first reaction was well there it is you're supposed to do the, the prophet pearls god is telling you teach him teach my people my word and word in this biblical context means prophecy see this is amazing folks and so again did the torah, we, we did the, the torah prophets, and now we're doing the prophets the and so check that verse check those verses Pretty for cool. yourself but can we get right in Nehemiah to second kings we're Into in second kings chapter four which i have to tell you right now i'm, I'm going to change the game on you I'm going to change the game because we, this is three weeks in. Now it's the fourth week. And so I'm supposed to be here reading my little NIV. And then you get to say, well, are you going to pass over that? You're going to pass over that? So I want you to open up the JPS. Could you tell people the what the JPS, JPS is and, the and read the English? And read the English. And I'm going to tell you why I want you to do that. Um, yeah. So folks have got, they've enjoyed Nehemiah hearing yeah. the portion in Hebrew mm-hmm. on both sites, NehemiahsWall.com, BFAInternational.com. Yeah. At the uh, uh, Prophet Pearls, we have a recording of you reading uh, the passage in Hebrew. And mm-hmm. some people are like, that's not enough. Now we want the translation too. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to do that. Don't worry. But I want to tell you how much we appreciate that. Yeah. But could you open the JPS and kind of read this? the story sure. and then I'll kind of follow along and we'll stop where we need to stop and folks we want you to have at least one at least hopefully two versions open and uh, let's get started with second Kings chapter 4 read a couple verses and then uh, we'll stop every once in a while yeah and, and so this is the the parallel um, the corresponding prophets portion for the section of Vayera mm-hmm. which is Genesis 18 through 22 mm-hmm. tell um, them what Vayera means uh, Vayera and he appeared it's when, he when, appeared. Uh, when yes. Abraham uh, had the vision mm-hmm. um, okay and what's interesting about, I mean, it's, it's when you read it, it's obvious in Hebrew why this was chosen as the corresponding portion, but mm. let's read it and then we'll see. Um, a certain woman, the wife of one of the disciples of the prophets, cried out to Elisha, your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know how your servant revered the Lord. And of course, in Hebrew, it's Yehovah. Wait, the JPS, wait, let's say that again. The JPS does what? Has Lord in capital letters. Really? Which represents oh. Yehovah in the Hebrew. Okay, go ahead. And now a creditor is coming to seize my two, two children as slaves. Elisha said to her, uh, Can what? I stop you? Sure. You, you said did. it says the disciple. I learned this. Is that what it says in the JPS? I'm going to do your yeah. thing. Is yeah. that what it says in the JPS? Yeah. Well, you <laughs> no, read from the JPS. No, no, I'm going to read from the. Well, no, you're going to do yeah. both because you're okay. that talented. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> what's amazing is I want to ask the question what it actually uh, says, at least it's my understanding, mm-hmm. in the English Bible here that I have the NIV, it says, uh, a man from the company of the prophets. You said from the disciples That's the of JPS, the prophets. Yeah. I think the Hebrew says the sons. Right. Benehanivim. Okay. So what's your what is your understanding of that? I mean, in other words, it's a really good question. Yeah. So we first hear about these, you know, sons of the prophets. Um, back in you know the story with with, um, with Saul, mm-hmm. where it's you know he starts prophesying and they say Agam Shaul Benehanivim is yes. Saul also among the prophets. Yes. That has a double meaning later. Um, but he's, there's a band of prophets and he's prophesying with them. So, so there were like these groups of companies, groups, you know, of prophets, chaverim of prophets that were, you know, bonded together that would, it's not exactly clear what these guys I'm did. I'm just asking this question to find out yeah. since we're doing prophet pearls and uh, mm-hmm. where you and I are physically together, can we, can, can we be... We were teaching the prophets. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm not. I'm not you a want prophet. Be, you no, want, I'm not a prophet nor a son of a prophet. Want, and, I, and isn't that interesting? The phrase "another prophet or a son of a prophet." Yeah, and there he is. doesn't mean. He doesn't mean. I'm not saying my father was a prophet. That's what he right. means is, I'm not part of that group called the sons of the prophets. You see how the JPS makes us stop and slow down. Keep reading. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> yeah, and the exact meaning isn't exactly clear. I mean, Go ahead. yeah. Okay. Alicia said to her, um, and, and just again, there, there's this, these two characters in, in these stories. There's mm-hmm. Elijah and. El- Elisha, mm-hmm. 
Um, and I guess in English you say Elisha. Yeah, Elisha. Which sounds a lot, sounds a lot like Elijah. In Hebrew, they don't sound at all, uh, you know, they don't sound the same at all. One's called Eliyahu, mm-hmm. Elijah, and the other is called Elisha, which is Elisha. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just going to say Elisha. Elisha said to her, what can I do for you? Tell me Stop, what... Stop, please. I'm sorry, Nehemiah. Please bear with me. How can we pass? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? We're going to pass by the meaning of his name? Yeah. Tell us what his name means, Nehemiah. When I'm looking at the Hebrew Bible, it mm-hmm. seems kind of interesting to me. Yeah. It's, it's worth slowing down to tell us the name. Of his, and then I want us to do something yeah. just a mm-hmm. little bit in terms of context that I think will bless you that actually brings back history for you and me. Yeah. So tell us about the meaning of his name. So the name Eliyahu... Elijah means um, my God is Yehovah, mm-hmm. and Elisha means my God saves. Uh-huh. And what are the two words? The two Hebrew words? Uh, Eli Yasha, and it's the same root as Yeshua, salvation. The same as Yehoshua, Yehovah saves, or Amen. Yeshua for short. Thank you. That's good teaching. So Elisha is my God saves. So, so and also before we get to going too far in this story, folks, bear with me. I want to give a little context. We had mm-hmm. the prophet Elijah, mm-hmm. and then uh, Elisha. And there was this interaction, and I still yeah. remember this from 12 years ago. You're not going to remember it. We were in the old city yeah. of Jerusalem, and we were reading uh, the Bible, and I looked, peeked over your shoulder, and you mm-hmm. were reading. You were translating in English, but I thought you were reading English. Yeah. And, uh, and so I said to you, I said, well, you know, Nehemiah, it's like the situation with Elijah and Elisha. Uh, Elisha asked for the double portion, and what did you say? That's not what it says in Hebrew. <laughs> oh, you think I'm going to let us get by that? Come on, two two chapters earlier. Go to the word of the week. Could you be? Would yeah. you be willing to to go to the word sure. of the week? Or what he said? That's the word of the week. Uh, well, well, no, it's not the word of the week. I'm, I, I was just so word. excited. Okay. It's a word. So here, here we have the word. Um, it's in give two us Kings, the chapter. Two Kings chapter two verse nine in the Hebrew. I don't verse know. what? Chapter two verse nine yep. in English. Yeah, same thing in the English. Yep. It, uh, and it came to pass when uh, when they passed over, and Eliyahu said to Elisha. Asked uh, what I will do for you before I am taken from you. And Elisha said... Give me the double portion. That's what it says in English. We've no. preached messages on no. this. Are you kidding? This no. is huge. I want the double portion. He says, and let please uh, two-thirds of your spirit be to me. It's a two. Th- he's asking for two-thirds. What's the word? The word is P. Peyud. And it's really cool. They found in ancient Israel this, um, this weight that's mm. set on it. These letters P... And it's it's a third of a shekel. Uh, and then they found the P.I. in Peyud Mem, which is you know two of these P's. And uh, it's two-thirds of a shekel. Shekel mm-hmm. was a weight then, not money. And then we have another verse in Zechariah 13.8, where it says, It shall come to pass that in all the land, saith the Lord, two parts therein shall be cut off and die, but the third shall be left therein. And all the translations admit that that's two-thirds. Mm-hmm. Meaning, and that's the same so, exact phrase in Hebrew. Like there, it has to be two-thirds. It, does, it doesn't make it, sense. It doesn't if it's not like, two-thirds. And, and you could say, And it came to pass in all the earth, saith the Lord... Uh, a, a double a double portion in it will be cut off and she'll die mm-hmm. and, and a third will be now a little, 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 little context little history yeah. so here you've got the disciple the disciple coming to the teacher mm-hmm. and, and it isn't coming and saying look I want to be two times better than you yeah. that, that's kind of what happens in, in yeah. society instead he's saying can I just have Two thirds of you. Can yeah. I just have that section? I thought that was really interesting. That was yeah. the first time. You don't remember it was the first time when I thought, wait a minute. He's reading from the Hebrew. I'm reading from the English. I use words here once in a while to impress the congregation, but I'm not reading in context. I need to learn to read it like that. And that was the mm-hmm. story. And you don't, like I said, you don't remember this that actually made, it convicted me. <laughs> it made me say, wait a minute. What do you mean that's what it says? Sure yeah. enough, I went and checked and can I say? Yeah. You were right. Of course I was right. <laughs> no, now let's go. This is this is the man. This is the two-third prophet. The two-third prophet yeah. is uh, is now is going to, and, and we're going to see in the chapters following, 
in, the, in our section mm-hmm. how it was that it showed that he actually that that prayer was answered. well i think it's cool that he's he's you know like the way you're christian version where it's double like which you know that's a little alien to me you know he wants to be greater than him whereas where he says i just want two-thirds of your spirit mm-hmm. that's humility amen that amen amazing? that is amazing so now i won't and, stop and, and it makes sense i mean we have these patterns in the bible we've got moses and joshua joshua wasn't twice as great as moses no he was you know he was a shadow of moses mm-hmm. and elisha in a sense is a shadow of, of elijah awesome okay now continue i won't stop often okay Elisha said to her, Elisha said to her, what can I do for you? Tell me what have you in the house? She replied, your maidservant is nothing at all in the house except a jug of oil. So, so literally, literally, I have nothing. Yeah. But Elisha says, all I got is a jug of oil. How can I help you? And then he immediately says, he doesn't let her even answer. He says, how can I help you? Tell me what you have in your house. Well, he's got an idea how he can help he, her. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. He knows where this is well, going. Well, because she gave context. She said, yeah. look, I've got, there's a problem. Yeah. And you know, if we go into this idea of the mm. creditor and the debtor and, and, and what you owe and how far that debt can go, we have stories mm-hmm. about that throughout scripture. So I think this is kind of interesting yeah. for those that are reading, you know, different sections of the Bible. You actually mm-hmm. see this story and this, this concept coming out. Yeah. So go ahead. Go, he said, and borrow vessels outside from all your neighbors, empty vessels, as many as you can. Then go in and shut the door behind you and your children and pour oil into all those vessels, removing each one as it is filled. Mm-hmm. So this is the never-ending pouring oil. <laughs> the never-ending pouring oil. Go ahead. You know, it's it's kind of like the, um, you know, the, the, the big gulp at, you know, at these fast food restaurants where mm-hmm. they've got the never-ending refills. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yes. She went away and shut the door behind her and her children. They kept bringing vessels to her and she kept pouring. When the vessels were full, she said to her son, bring me another vessel. He answered her, there are no more vessels, and the oil stopped. Mm. She came and told the man of God, and he said, I think that's cool, he's called, called here Isha Elohim, the man Isha of God. Elohim. Like, we know who he is, why don't you yes. just call him Elisha, but yeah. he's Isha Elohim, the man of God. Um, and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debt, and you and your children can live on the rest. I think that's cool. Yeah. I think that's cool, the principle there. Yeah. Because he could have said... Well, save everything you got because you're starving and forget that debtor. Just renege on your debt. And, mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. instead, I think it's interesting. He says, first thing you pay your debt, get out of debt, mm-hmm. get that gorilla off your back, get the gorilla off your back. And then you, and then go and eat what you got, you know, whatever's left mm-hmm. over. That's what you're going to survive on. You know, what I, what I actually jumped off the page for me is just this idea of him uh, coming to her and he could have been completely spiritual about it. Mm-hmm. He could have been real spiritual. And, and she says, she says, uh, here's the situation. I've got the debtors. I got this. And he could have said, let me just pray for you. Let me let, let me pray for peace for you. Let me pray for protection for you. But he doesn't he doesn't do that in the situation. Yeah. What he does is, how can I help you? You know, what do you have in your house? I know it's time to get to work. And I, I to be honest with you, what I love about the story is he puts action to the faith. Mm-hmm. It's a spiritual thing that took place. I mean, look, the oil didn't run out. I mean, this oil just kept going, going. That's spiritual. What's practical about it? Mm-hmm. She's in debt. She yeah. needs financial help, and he doesn't come and say, "Well, let's just overly spiritualize." Well, he, this. he could have he could have said, "You know, show show me the bill of debt," and then waved his hand over it and it said, "This is this is not the debt you were looking at," and, yeah. made it, and made it disappear. Yeah, he could have you know miraculously he could have miraculously yeah. made the the ink fade from the bill of debt you know debt and and made it go. Instead, he said, "Okay, we're going to pay the debt. Yeah. You're legitimately in debt. You owe the money. This isn't you know." But is it okay? So now it. let me let me get a little you know I, I, yeah. I, I it's okay for me because I'm talking about my tradition. Yeah. One of the things that I really really have struggled with um, in being a part of uh, the tradition I come from is the way that money is sometimes manipulated and people are sometimes manipulated by money. 
So in this situation, from my tradition, what would have happened is she would have come forward and said, hey, here's my situation. I'm in debt. And what what many people from my background would have said is give us the seed of your debt and it will be it, it will it will then be it will then be magnified. So they would have told the lady who's poor, you give that money. In other words, mm-hmm. I'm just telling you now. Okay. You give me what you you know whatever it is that you have, and then we're gonna pray that somehow it'll okay. be increased. So let, let me finish. So, like so 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 one of the things that I think is so interesting about this story is that there's none of that. That that that, and I'm not saying it doesn't happen because we have another story. Now we, can I play the play the Methodist advocate? What? No, just a second. <laughs> we have another story where, in fact, there was something that was given to the prophet. Right. You know, and, and, Elijah. and that was with Elijah, where he said, he's, he said, you know, he said, "What do you have?" And she's like, "You know, I've got all, you know, very little stuff." He's like, "Okay, first make me some bread, and then you can make eat. me some bread you can eat." So, and, and so there in that situation, he said, "Okay, if you if you sow into my ministry first, yeah, you know, and well, I'm actually, not saying, you know, I'm not yes. saying." You know, I've seen some of the exploitation that you're talking about. You know, give yourself out of debt, which, okay, well, wait a minute. First, let's, let's, let's take care of our responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but there definitely is this idea that, you know, if you get to give to God, you can, can I say this? You can say what you that, like. That he, he will bless you. Yeah. Amen. Well, like I said, there, I've seen a lot That's of... 2 I've, Kings I've seen 17, lot, verse 10. For yeah, those who, who I've seen that. a lot of uh, what I call, um, not the big picture, not the context, but just the focusing only on the one aspect rather than the whole. And I think that's what's amazing yeah. about these stories. Mm-hmm. And i got to be honest with you, Nehemiah, I love the prophets. I love Jeremiah. I love yeah. Isaiah. I love the prophets. And, and, and now, understanding this is a part of the prophets, I have to tell you, when these kinds of stories come across and I'm reading them, I can read them over and mm-hmm. over and over and over yeah. again. They just get better and better as we go. So so, so can we talk about, you, you brought up Jeremiah and Isaiah and Ezekiel and mm-hmm. whoever else you mentioned. Um, so one, you know, one of the concepts that they talk about is that there are actually two types of prophets in the Tanakh mm-hmm. um, from the Hebrew perspective. So there's what's sometimes called the classical prophets, who you just mentioned, Jeremiah and etc., and you know, Jer- and I love the the image of um, you know, particularly of Jonah, because mm-hmm. we actually see in action how his prophecy functioned. You know, when it came comes to Isaiah, we rarely see what was the context. And we have to imagine the context in which he spoke those words. Mm-hmm. Jonah, we see what has hit the context. He's walking through the streets of Nineveh, of Nineveh for for three days, and he's just walking back and forth up and down the streets, saying. You know, 40 days and Nineveh will be overthrown. That's mm-hmm. the entire sum of his prophecy in Hebrew, four words. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that's how his prophecy, you know, took place. But by and large, these are what are sometimes called literary prophets. Mm-hmm. Whereas Elijah and Elisha, as far as we know, as far as we can tell from, you know, reading these accounts, they're what are referred to as miracle workers. Mm-hmm. Meaning we don't have the prophecy of, of uh, we got little snippets, right? But we don't really have, you know, the book of Elijah or the book of Elisha. Mm-hmm. Where, where are those books? Mm-hmm. Did Elijah and Elisha prophesy like that? Were they, you know, with all this beautiful poetry? And I mean, what we see from Elijah is he's mocking the prophets of Baal. What's the matter? Is your God asleep? Is, mm-hmm. he, is he walking mm-hmm. on the way? Mm-hmm. But we don't have this kind of elaborate um, literary uh, prophecy. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just worth noting. I mean, I don't know that we can, you know, make anything of it it just is what it is mm-hmm. um there were two different you know two different callings mm-hmm. and each calling has its place yes yes yeah. well let's do this um as can, can we quickly read one king 17 since you brought it up okay so we uh and this is elijah um he, so he went at once to uh sarepta or sorfat when he came to the entrance of the town a widow was there gathering wood he called out to her please bring me a little water in your pitcher and let me drink which of course 
brings back the image of Genesis uh, 24. And she went to fetch it. He called out to her, please bring me a piece of bread for me. As Yehovah, your God lives. I love that. She says, as Yehovah, your God, because she's a Canaanite mm-hmm. uh, in Sarepta. And as Yehovah, your God lives, she replied, I have nothing baked, nothing but a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. I am just gathering a couple of sticks so that I can go home and prepare it, prepare it for me and my son. We shall eat it and then we shall die. You know, this is during a famine. Then verse 13, don't be afraid, said Elijah to her. Go and do as you have said, but first make, first make me a small cake from what you have there and bring it out to me. Then make for yourself some, uh, for yourself and your son. Uh, for thus says Jehovah, the God of Israel, the jar of flour shall not give out and the jug of oil shall not fail until the day that Jehovah sends rain upon the ground. Mm. So the parallel between 1 Kings 17 and what we just read in 2 Kings 4 is, I mean, it's obvious. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got this never ending oil and the never ending flour. And in mm-hmm. a sense, Elijah's miracle was greater, right? Mm-hmm. Elijah's miracle wasn't just until you run out of vessels. It was until the famine ends. Mm-hmm. As long as you need it. Is mm-hmm. going to be given to you, mm-hmm. whereas that wasn't the case in, in the story with Elisha, and then um, and and it's different. He's saying, "First feed me," whereas you know Elijah Elisha is saying, first pay your debt." Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Amen. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna read this next part. You can stop sure. me. I'm gonna read a paragraph. Then I have you read a paragraph. Okay. I'm gonna read eight through ten. And if there's something that jumps yeah. off the page, you stop. One day, Elisha, Elisha, or God saves, mm-hmm. <laughs> went to Shunem. And a well-to-do woman was there who urged him to stay for a meal. So whenever he came by, he stopped there to eat. She said to her husband, I know that this man who often comes our way is a holy man of God. Let's make a small room on the roof and put it in a bed and a bed and a table, a chair and a lamp for him. Then he can stay there whenever he comes to us. And I'm convinced and I want to know for sure, Nehemiah, whether or not this is actually a prophet portion or whether you slipped this in. (laughs) And I'm dead serious. Is this actually historically a portion from the prophets? Because, folks, I want to give a little context here. I feel like I'm reading this story, and it's exactly what I've done for Nehemiah. <laughs> he's, he's in an upper room. We put Andrea said, make sure you put a lamp in there for him and a table. And she said, make sure. So Andrea and I, we set this room up, and whenever he comes by, now he's been here a while. <laughs> but, the, but the story, come on, yeah. the story is and, and, and that, I, he's, that he's traveling along mm-hmm. and that different people, like, I mean, I assume mm-hmm. he didn't have his own shtick. I mean, he must have had someone. Right. He, he was the wandering Jew like me. <laughs> he was and, 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 you know, for the last two years, I've actually, you know, really started to identify with, with Elisha with Elisha um, you know he, he wandered he didn't have a place of his own he would go from house to house from city to city and that's really what I've done you know I, I spent uh, about a year in China but other than that um, since mid 2012 I've, I've really you know I've, I've had this experience and I, and I do want to give a shout out to my friends uh, Mark and Karen and, and my friend Stan who, who have opened their homes to me and also others um, you know who opened their homes to me and took me in and, and uh, you know, Tim and Deb as well and who, you know, like this woman, they said, okay, we've got a room for Look, you. are you going to say Keith and Andrea? Are you kidding Keith me? Keith and Andrea? What do you mean? You just plugged yourself. <laughs> Thank you, Andrea. No, but seriously, I really feel blessed and I really, you know, get some little inkling of what Alicia must have felt. You know, okay, so where do you live, Alicia? Uh, well, where am I sleeping tonight? Exactly. And I yeah. think that's what's amazing. And that's what this is. The, the story is going to get exciting. Yeah. Would you read the next, would you just read the next uh, uh, three sure. verses here? Okay. One day he came there. He retired to the upper chamber and lay down there. He said to his servant Gehazi, Call the Sh- that Shunammite woman. He called her and she stood before him. He said to his servant Gehazi, Oh, I read that. He said to him, Tell her, you have, done to, uh, you have gone to all this trouble for us. What can we do for you? 
Can we speak in your behalf to the king or to the army commander? She replied, I live among my own people. Uh, now, I want to tell you, so I'm reading this, yeah. and I mean, you, this is context. We've got to give yeah. context. So he comes and says, what can we do for you? Shall we speak to the king? Yeah. Or should we speak to the commander? Yeah. Why does why does why does he ask that? And why does she say no? I live among my own people. I mean, if you're just reading, real well, quickly, he, so he he wants to you know reward her somehow. And 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 here's the really interesting thing that um, is really easy to miss. Mm-hmm. If you look at Elijah, Eliyahu, and Elisha, Elisha, Elijah versus Elisha, um, Elijah Elisha is the man of you know he he has some issues with the king and and the and the ruling party, the ruling regime. Um, but he really backs up, and he's a man of the establishment. Mm-hmm. Whereas Elijah is completely anti-establishment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Elijah is hunted like a dog by Jezebel and Ahab, and the they, they hate him, mm-hmm. and the, the establishment literally wants to kill him. Whereas Elisha, Elisha, the establishment is wary of him, but they know they're indebted to him. Mm-hmm. There's battles where you know they they you know. He, he's the decisive factor. And it's interesting. I love this, that when Elijah goes up to heaven in the chariot of fire, uh, do you remember what Elisha says to him? Mm. He, sa- he calls him uh, Rechev Yisrael Parashav, mm-hmm. the chariots of Israel and its cavalry, its horsemen. Mm-hmm. And then that becomes the title of Elisha. And why is that the title of Elisha? Because Israel goes out to battle and they realize the prophet if we're not, you know, if we're not right with God, and this is His representative through this prophet, mm-hmm. then we're not going to win these battles. Mm-hmm. And even when they've sinned, they can come to Elisha, and these are, you know, sinning kings who who, who deserve punishment. But when it comes to defending God's people, um, he steps in and says, "Okay, I'm not going to let them utterly be destroyed by this by the Syrians, mm. um, who are our enemy to this very day." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Interestingly yes. enough, but um, so there's this contrast. So Elisha can go to the the king and the, and the general. Mm-hmm. Elijah can't do that. He can't do that. He goes to the general and says, "Hey, this woman, I, I think she's she, you know, she's in favor, you know, mm-hmm. she has favor with me. Oh, I'll kill that woman." That mm-hmm. that would have been the response to Elijah, but Elijah's a different story. W- it's two really different approaches it, to establishment. It really is. And I mean, I want to do something if it's okay. And yeah. I, you know, we're, we're, we're you know we're we're, we're we're plugging along here. But I think it's really mm-hmm. interesting. The first story is about a poor woman. Mm-hmm. The second story is about a rich woman. Actually, yeah. said that she's well to do. And then, and then yeah. her answer, she says, she says, now listen. I have a home among my own people. Is there something that we're... In other words, why is that her response? Why does she say, I have a home among my own people? Versus, yeah, um, I, I think the my, my understanding of that is she's not really interested in what's going on with the king or the exactly, army commander. So exactly. She lives in the village, and, she, she's, and she's, she's doing really I'm well fine. in the village. I'm doing fine. She's I don't like a noble get, you know, woman. She's like you know? one of the people. Like We got some friends that, that, are, that were friends with us. They're the kind of people that live off in an area. They're kind of off the grid, mm-hmm. <laughs> if I can say. And they love being off the grid. Oh, yeah. We're not on Facebook. We're not on, luckily, hope yeah. some of them are able to you know click in to listen to us. But they, they're yeah. like the woman. They're like, listen, don't go speak to the government for me. Don't put my name in that. I'm fine. I'm doing just fine. But then he goes beyond that. And before we move on, Nehemiah, in yeah. all seriousness, um, you know, you have been going from place to place and yeah. doing thing to thing. And before we move on, um, certainly in this particular episode, we don't have any 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 profit pro partners that have that have said they're going to help mm-hmm. us. It's on you and me. Yeah. So would you be willing to take? You know, it's time for a ministry minute. Can you mm-hmm. just give us a little context about what your ministry is? And you see, so you're going from place to place. Yeah. What does that mean? Well. So um, my ministry is called, you know, Keith and I each have different ministries. Mine, as I've mentioned, is called Makor Hebrew Foundation. Uh, my website's nechemiaswall.com. And, um, you know, in addition to experiencing the experience of Alicia as the wandering Jew, um, 
not, you know, I'm not neither a prophet nor the son of a prophet, mm-hmm. but I'm uh, definitely wandering around teaching the words of the prophets to the best of my ability. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the name of my ministry, Makor, M-A-K-O-R, really came from this idea of it's a spring of water. Mm-hmm. And that's another reason I, I just love that word. You know, there's the verse in Jeremiah I've mentioned where they, it says they've, they've abandoned Yehovah, Ye- the Makor. He has that word, the mm-hmm. spring of living water. And then we've got this story about Elisha where he goes to Jericho and it's, you know, a few chapters later, we're not going to get to it in this section, mm-hmm. but he goes to Jericho and there's this, this, um, or it's a few chapters earlier, maybe, uh, he goes to Jericho and there's this, this spring of water that's causing death mm-hmm. and he heals the water mm-hmm. and the, and those very same waters that cause death, they then are, become the source of life. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and that's what I want to share with people, this Makor, this Hebrew Makor, this Hebrew source, that, which is a source of life. That's mm-hmm. why I call my ministry that, because that's really what it's about for me, empowering people giving them the water so they can drink and teaching them to have the tools so they can access the word of God directly. Cause those really are mm-hmm. living waters that give life. Amazing. So people can actually go to Nehemiahswall.com mm-hmm. and they're able to support what you're doing. They can actually be, yep. become a, a group of supporters. It's my understanding. Yeah, it was a support team. Yeah. Support team. So yeah. uh, folks, if you're listening to this, obviously that means that you're getting some of the, the water that, that it's come forth. Nehemiah. I don't know where you'll be by the time we record this right now. You're in the upper room in my place, <laughs> the wandering Jew, and it's an honor. Yeah. It's a blessing to have you here, but I know that that's not where you're going to be. Long term, you're going to continue to be led as, as you go and, yeah. and people that open their homes, etc. cetera. Um, uh, for me, uh, BFAinternational.com, inspiring people around the world to build a biblical foundation for their faith. The number one thing I want to challenge people to consider is we've got three groups of people. We've got folks who come in there to look and see. You know, they just want to see what we're doing. And, and literally, they can go to the front page of BFAinternational.com and spend, I think, the, the number right now is something like two and a half to three hours and never leave the homepage. Mm-hmm. Just watching previews and, and that sort of thing. And then you've got episodes, the first episodes. And then you've got Scripture Bites on the front that you can click to. And then you've got you know, Prophet Pearls on the front. But the second group of people, and I have to give you some serious <laughs> Kudos right now, folks. Nehemiah, while he's up here, he's not just uh, he's not just uh, hanging around and eating out of my drinking out of my cups and sleeping in the bed. He actually is helping me find the uh, the oil because you helped me, Nehemiah. There's a group of people that are free members. Many of you that are listening, you've registered on our site. This is really hilarious. I didn't know. We didn't know that there was a whole group of people that hadn't been getting our email that are free members. These are people that are registered at BFAinternational.com. Mm-hmm. And we struggled back and forth. Finally, we put uh, Nehemi on it. And he, <laughs> how can I say it? He helped us find you. So <laughs> we now have a list that's almost as big as his. <laughs> An email. You must sign up for my email list so it's bigger than this Keith's. This is my ministry minute. Hemiswalls.com. No. Hemiswalls.com. No. Sign up for free. But the thing is, uh, for those people, we are going to continue to challenge and pray for yeah. them to consider yeah. um, taking the next step, which is to become premium content member li- library members. Because there's two things that happen. One, you get even more information. But two, as a result of that minor $9.99 a month, uh, it helps us to prepare for the other many things that we have that we do. We're not a big fundraising ministry. We are a ministry that wants to continue to push getting the information out there, and that's what we've done. So go to BFAinternational.com, become a free member, upgrade to a premium content library member so we can keep putting out amazing information, inspiration, and revelation. Good enough? Can we move on? Yeah, can, can I just say one more thing about you know ministry and, and, and this whole thing of you know my ministry being called Macor, which is the sort you know means water, the source of water, living water. And, and, and that's actually one of the themes that we see if we, again, and I love, I, it's just the way I think we've got to compare El, Eliyahu and Elisha. Mm-hmm. Elijah 
um, some people have said was was the prophet of fire. Mm-hmm. Think about a Mount Carmel, Carmel, and we'll get to that one of the prophet portions. Mm-hmm. He brings down the fire, mm-hmm. and and Elisha is the prophet of water. Mm-hmm. He, um, <laughs> you know, it's it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Elijah brings the you know the the the, fam- the famine, and the famine actually was there's no rain, mm-hmm. so the, and the and it's dry, and and the land is burning up. So he's all about fire, not all about, but that's one of the themes in the stories of Elijah, of his ministry and the ministry of Elisha. The, the theme is water. He's referred to in one passage as the man who washed the hands of Elisha. Mm. Meaning he's pouring the water over Elisha's hands. Mm. And I think perhaps me being Makor, I'm, I'm Elisha and you're Elijah the prophet. No, not the prophet, but the ministry of fire. <laughs> fire! <laughs> I love the fire. You give the firebrand sermons. <laughs> yeah, we need the fire. We need water sometimes. <laughs> so can we continue? She says, I have a uh, home among my people. What can be done for her? He asked. And then the servant said, and I think this is interesting, he says, well, she has no son and her husband is old. When I see that line, Nehemiah, I have to be honest, I'm, I'm, I'm just reminded of what the dynamics must be. Mm-hmm. That, that Elisha, Elisha is, is busy about his business, he's preparing, he's praying, etc. He hadn't had time to sit down and find out what her family circumstances are. Mm-hmm. His servant who's with him, however, did. So yeah. he knew how old the father, the husband was, and yeah. she didn't have a son. And and, and the, where I give a lot of credit to Elisha, Elisha, there is that he's asking, well, what, what, what's her situation? Mm-hmm. What is her family circumstance? What what can we do for her? She's she's well to do. Her house is big enough for me to live she in. She doesn't need oil. She doesn't she, need flowers. She doesn't need she, oil. She needs a child. She need, well, and th- that's what the verse says. So can you read in the JPS yeah. and see what it says? So verse fifteen, uh, call her. He said he called her, and she stood in the doorway. And Elisha said. At this season next year, you will be embracing a son. She replied. She replied, "Please, my lord, man of God, do not delude your maidservant." I'm sorry, Nehemiah. Are you reading? Uh, are you reading from the JPS uh, uh, verses 15 and 16? Uh, so, would you read verse 15 and 16 again? Call her. He said. He called. He call her. Elijah said. Elisha said. He called her, and she stood in the doorway. And Elisha said, "At this season next year, you will be embracing a son." She replied, "Please, my lord, man of God, do not delude your maidservant." That's the best the JPS can do. That's what we got in here. You want me to read it from Hebrew? Uh, well, I want to stop you for a second, you JPS yeah. reader, you English translation reader. When I look in the Hebrew in verse yeah. 15, and it says, and he called unto her, and it says, and he said, la moed hazeh ka'et haya. Yeah. Does it say that in the Hebrew? Or did, is this, maybe I've got a That's different... That's what it says in the Hebrew. No, does, uh, okay, can, can you I... want me to read from... No, no, no. I'm, I prefer to read from the Hebrew. Nehemiah, you got you to gotta work with yeah. me on this. When I see that line... La moed haze. Yeah, I yeah. think it's almost like he's saying, at the appointed time. That's exactly what he's well, saying. Wait, at the appointed time. Moed is appointed time. Exactly at the time saying. of life? Could it be the. I mean, he gives this phrase. When this phrase comes up, yeah. I immediately stop and I say, if I'm her. And I'm hearing that she's saying it isn't. It isn't so simple. Do, do, let me read the. Let me read the NIV in verse fifteen. Yeah. Then Elisha said, "Call her." So he called and stood in the doorway. And Israel says in the NIV, "About this time next year, you're going to hold a son in your arms." Yeah. About this time next year, he says, "At the moed, at the appointed time." In other words, it's already on the calendar. It's like he's. It's like he's making this prophetic statement and, and, and like so for her she's got to be like wait a minute you're telling me that this is like a a setup it's 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 all figured out it's going to be an appointed time and the second part of the phrase is what made me slow down hmm. what does the second now you can go ahead you want to get from the jps no go ahead and read it jps can i jump, can I jump? Yeah, go to the go, go to the hebrew can, here can, can i can i read from genesis because that's what this so why was this section chosen because of the verse we just read 
because the exact phrase appears <laughs> in Genesis 18. Yes. When um, when the angels, the three angels, appear to. I mean, it's it, it's uncanny, <laughs> and in fact, it's so it's so close. I really have to conclude that that when the prophet wrote this, he had burned in his mind the story of Sarah. Mm. And, and, he, and he had to describe it in those terms. Mm. So let's look at the elements we have here. So we have the exact phrase, la moed. It doesn't say hazet. It says la moed. Mm-hmm. It says, uh, actually, uh, yeah, la moed. It says, at the appointed time, I will return to you, Genesis 18, 14, ka'et chaya, which is a very unusual very, phrase. And we went it through this. We means, battled back and forth on this. You don't remember? I told you. Pearls? No, no, not on Torah oh, pearls. No. Back and I said, Nehemiah, oh. there's this phrase. We got to find out what this phrase is. It's amazing. Yeah. So let's talk about it again. I so mean, ka is like, according to, could also mean et is the time. So mm-hmm. like the time or according to the time. Chaya, of life, of an animal. It can, you know, some people would say this is, you know, the time that it takes for gestation, like an animal giving birth. Or what, it's not, yeah, no, the time of life. And the time of life. In other words, life to be, let's put you know, it in context. To to fruition be the woman. Born. Be the woman. Yeah. When he says this phrase, do you think she's thinking anything other than, now, wait a minute, you're telling me at an appointed time, and then he uses this phrase, he's saying you're going to, in other words, if he just said that and didn't, he didn't keep talking, he keeps talking. He says at the point, time of, what, what's going to happen? What is the next phrase after that? At the time? Go ahead. What does it say? In, what in is Genesis it? or in no, Kings? No, in, in Kings, in Kings. What does it oh. say? For context. So it says, uh, uh, this appointed time, yes. and like what? the time of life, then what? Ben, you will be uh, holding a son. Okay, come on. Yeah. Context for me, when I'm reading this, I'm yeah. like, he's telling her, listen, at the appointed time, yeah. at the, you want to say it's, it's confusing, this period of time where there's going to be the process of life, mm-hmm. you're going to ask. Well, and here's really the question. Yeah. Uh, it's usually in, in, in Jewish sources interpreted as being a year later, meaning mm-hmm. exactly this, the, the same time next year. Mm-hmm. But it's possible he means, you know, when he says this phrase, like the time of life, he means nine months from now. Come on, ladies. Can I get an amen? You Absolutely. understand what's happening here. Elisha is going and he's, he's telling her, he's like, look, it, you're going to have a, a nine month period of time that that child. Well, but maybe not. And I'm not saying I'm not saying that, that know, it's that maybe it, he's he, not saying you're going to get pregnant yeah. immediately. Yeah. Well, and, he, and here's here's another two more two more little points. One is in both Genesis 18 and two Kings four. She's standing at the entrance, and it uses the same word for entrance, mm-hmm. hetach, mm-hmm. which is not unusual, but it could have said delet or something. But she's listening or standing at the entrance. Um, and the other thing is there's a response of disbelief yeah, absolutely. in both passages. Yeah. So you can't say there's no connection. Anybody who would hear this, standing in the synagogue when the Jews were forbidden from reading the, the Torah portion under the Greek they persecution, would think about Mama Sarah. they'd say, okay, well, we don't need to read the Sarah story. Everybody knows the Sarah story. Let's read 2 Kings 4, exactly. which hasn't been forbidden by the Greeks, and everyone will know, mm-hmm. will we'll think back to the story of Sarah, because mm-hmm. it's the same exact phraseology, the same exact terms. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and look, we also have an old husband and a woman without a child in exactly. both cases. And now one of the interesting things is, is um, Abraham did have a child at that point. Mm-hmm. He, had the, he had Ishmael, but it wasn't his heir. It wasn't the promised. And it wasn't the promised child. And, it, it was, and, and, I would, and I suspect, I can't prove this, but I suspect from the story in 2 Kings 4 that this man already had a child. Mm. Because when the child dies, he barely seems interested. Okay. And maybe he had a whole bunch of children, and you know, eh, her, uh, you know, 
Who knows? It, it is shocking that he doesn't seem to care. Well, or even even like you know my, my son. Let's, let's get into the story. Or maybe she's hi- hiding from anyway. So <laughs> now, Nehemiah, we're gonna we're, it's gonna get a little deeper here because it goes. And I want you, if you could, if you would read. Uh, it says in, in in the NIV says no. My she says she she all she literally she literally stops him and says no, no. She objected. Don't mislead me or don't lie to me. You're 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 playing with it's my disbelief. It's it's disbelief. Yeah, but yeah. not only that, it almost seems like it's like not only disbelief, but not on this. Let's don't play yeah. on this one. Let's talk about yeah. you know whether I'm going to have enough food or not, or whether I'm getting a new house or not. Yeah. But now we're talking about something deep in my heart. It's almost like she says, "Tell me anything, but don't tell me that because if that doesn't happen, right. it it's well." It, and, and and another parallel with Sarah is she didn't ask for this exactly, <laughs> and exactly. that and she brings that up later exactly. Can I just point out something in the JPS here? Yes. So ka'et chaya, like the time of life. That phrase is translated in the JPS as the following year. <laughs> so they've already in, in, interpolated the interpretation and take it, taken the information out of your hands. Exactly. So I didn't. I wanted to be sensitive. You know, we go back and forth on this. I'll read the NIV and you'll say, it says what? It stop. It says what? So I read the translation yeah. ahead of time. I was going to set you up. But okay. I'm so ex- no, but I'm so excited. <laughs> We're going to use different translations. Sometimes yeah. I'll read. Sometimes you'll read. But again, this is the challenge, folks. We want you to have one or two translations open. You're going to find some things that we're not going to be able to address. And when you find those things, would you do us a favor? Would you go to NehemiahsWall.com or BFAInternational.com? And if it's really good, go to both sites and comment because other people need to hear what you came up with. Would you agree? Yeah. All right. Now, let's continue because this is where it gets really exciting. He says, she says, no, she objected. Don't mislead your servant, O man of God. But the woman (laughs) became pregnant. And in the NIV, it says, and the next year... About the same time. What is the time. phrase that it says there? Would you just would you read that for us? Well, it's again the same exact phrase. La moed hazeh at this appointed time ka'et chaya according yeah. to the time oh of my life. Goodness, that's so powerful. So she became pregnant the next year about that same time in English, but at the appointed time she gave birth to a son just as Elisha Elisha had told her. And then things get tragic. Mm-hmm. Can we continue? Sure. Okay. Go ahead and read 18, uh, 18 through 21, and I'll read 23 and beyond. The child grew up. One day he went out to his father among the reapers. Suddenly he cried to his father, Oh, my head, my head! He said to his servant, Carry him to his mother. <laughs> like, what? He's out working, Chemia. He's oh, out in boy. the field. He's doing his yeah. work. Go ahead. He picked him up and brought him to his mother, and the child sat in her lap until noon, and he died. Mm-hmm. She took him up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and left him and closed the door. And she went out. So, so, okay, so there's something happening. Here's one of the things that's happening. And now this is a a really minor thing, but I just want to bring it up. It's a connection in the stories. In the previous story, what happened? Elisha says, go in and take the oil and go in and shut the door. And she Mm -hmm. shuts the door. Yeah. And in this one, we get again. And she goes in and she shuts the door. We're going to see this again another time Mm -hmm. as we're going forward. Why does she do that? It doesn't say just yet. And then verse 22, it says... She called to her husband and said, please send me one of the servants and a donkey so I can go to the man of God quickly and return. Would you read what it says actually in Hebrew? What does she say she's going to do? It says, and she called to her husband and she said, send me one of the boys and one of the asses. And I will run. And I will do what? I will run. I will run. Now, here's the thing. Now, here, turn. You get this, she yeah. says, I'm going to run. <laughs> okay. I'm in a hurry. I've got to do yeah. this. Now, this is where we get into the husband and wife thing. I love yeah. the next phrase. Yeah. She says here, 
He says, and we have to stop and slow down. Yeah. I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay. Why go to him today? It's not the new moon or the Sabbath. Yeah. So wait a minute. What 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 does that mean? So that's interesting. It's, it's it's the first time we're hearing in Tanakh that there's this practice of going to the prophet or the man of God on Shabbat and new moon. You know, and t- today to us it's it's intuitive. I mean, you know, you go to the synagogue, and if you don't go to synagogue, you go to church. If you don't go to church, you go to you know wherever you go to. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the first time in history we're hearing about that. Pretty you, you want to, You just want to go past that? You no, think I'm I not going to put you on the spot that. again? Yeah. For it says, it doesn't say new moon, Nehemiah. Well, sure it does. No, it doesn't. It sure does. It sure, no, in Hebrew it doesn't say new moon. It says Chodesh. Oh, Chodesh oh, means new moon. Oh, really? Based yeah. on what, Nehemiah? Based is it the, the dark Hebrew, moon? Is it no, the, no, no, no. Based what? on the Hebrew language. Uh-huh. The he, word in Hebrew language is uh, Chodesh. And this is the word of the week. He didn't know it. I'm going to make oh, him teach you the word of the week. Would you teach it? All right. The Hebrew letter is Chet Dalet Shin. Yes. Which is pronounced Chodesh. If you have trouble with the chad, don't say kodesh, because kodesh is a different word. Mm-hmm. Kodesh is the word holy, kuf dalachin. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you can't say chad, just say ha, hodesh. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you Texans, I want the hold down. I go to the hodesh. <laughs> and so chodesh is from the root chet dalachin, which means new, mm-hmm. and it's related to the moon. We know that because the other word for uh, it also means month. Yes. And the other word for month is yerach, yerach is moon. So there's a whole series of connections there. But Chodesh literally means new moon. Whenever you see the phrase new moon in your Hebrew Bible, in your English in your, well, in your English translation of the Hebrew Bible, it is in the Hebrew Chodesh. Mm. Uh, what's really cool to me is in some of the ancient Hebrew sources, which were written at a time when people still spoke Hebrew, like, for example, there's this great story that takes place during the last uh, century of the Second Temple, in the first century A.D., and it's written in Hebrew, and it talks about this: these three people. It says, They saw the Chodesh. Mm-hmm. They saw the new moon. So mm-hmm. the new moon was understood in ancient Hebrew to be this visible thing, new, the renewing of the moon. Um, when, it, when I see this phrase uh, in, uh, I, you know, in, 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 you know, why are you coming, to, going to him? It's neither new moon nor nor Chodesh, nor uh, excuse me, neither Shabbat nor new moon. It automatically draws my mind to Isaiah chapter 66, mm-hmm. verse 23. Yes. And there it's talking about this, you know, future period, um, which, you know, the new, well, it says, uh, verse 22, for as the new heaven and the new earth, which I shall make, shall endure by my will, declares Jehovah, so shall your seed and your name endure. And new moon after new moon and Sabbath after Sabbath, in Hebrew it literally says, every new moon and every Shabbat, each new moon and its new moon. And each Sabbath and its Sabbath, all flesh shall come to, uh, literally, it says in Hebrew, to bow down before me, says Yehovah. Mm. So there's going to be the, this period in the future history when all human beings will come before Yehovah every new moon and every Shabbat. Mm. And I, I think that's really cool. The first time we're hearing about this idea of coming before Yehovah, coming, in that case, to the man of God, mm. to learn the word of God, to hear the word of God. Is in is in this passage, and it's almost like a by the way. Yeah, by <laughs> it's, not, it's not even like this is what it's not a systematic statement. This is what they did. It's 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 assumed that everybody he, knows. He's just saying, is, hey, it's yeah. not it's not Shabbat. Why are you going to him? It's not new moon. I look up in the sky. I don't see it's new moon. It certainly isn't Shabbat. I'm out here working. Right. So what are you doing? So so now I've been waiting for this next phrase, and I've been waiting for it. For, well, well, hold on. We uh, we we've got to we've got to talk about one really controversial thing here. This is really controversial. I don't even know if we should talk about this. We'll continue. Okay. So um, this is a really problematic verse for the rabbis, 2 Kings 4.23. And I'll admit for many Karaites as well. And why is it such a problem? 
Can you tell me why it's a problem? Well, possibly it might be the fact that she's she's, she's traveling. She's she's going to ride a donkey. She's going to ride a donkey. She's on Shabbat. About to go on Shabbat. And apparently, yes. Now, what we were taught, what I was taught, what I believed for many many years, is that you know, and here here's the example that you know, driving a car is work on the Sabbath. This is what I was taught. And why is it? Because there's a fire inside the car, and it says in uh, Exodus. Um, it says, Do not kindle a fire on all your habitation on the Sabbath. And so so for the rabbinical mind and, and for many characters as well, it's a given that it's better for me to walk five miles than to get in my car and drive five miles. Because if I get in the car and drive and turn the key ignition, and look, I've taught this, then that's work. But walking five miles isn't work because it hasn't violated uh, an explicit verse in the Torah. And, um, and I suppose you could not drive, <laughs> travel the five miles anyway. But here, it's, it, apparently, she would get on her donkey every Shabbat and every new moon, her and female and donkey, and go see the prophet. Mm-hmm. And, and the donkey I, works. I, I think that challenges us to reevaluate. Certainly, for me, it challenges me to reevaluate what I've been taught and what's been handed down to me. Um, and really what I grew up with and was given that this is what it means to keep Shabbat, and it's all, uh, I'm not going to go into this whole thing, but I think this is a really interesting verse, meaning, oh, you want the donkey today, but it's not New Moon or Shabbat, why Why would you want the donkey? Mm. Well, think about it. I mean, Nehemiah, it's okay, and, and you know, yeah. that's your that's your challenge, and that's your struggle, yeah. That's that, that yeah. part of the verse, that's, the end of the verse is the part that I am most excited about. Because it's my middle name? No, but because I want to speak to the women that are listening right now, uh, my yeah. sisters that are listening. You know, it's really interesting. I, I read this in preparation for this, and, and, and I, I was grieved a little bit, Nehemiah, to be honest with you. You were grieved. I was grieved because we had two powerful stories yeah. about two women, yeah. and we never hear their names. Hmm. The one woman, she they don't hear her name. She's just there. The other one is called the Shunammite. Yeah. She'd be like the Charlotte woman, the yeah. woman from Texas, the woman from New York. We don't even hear her name. Texas but, is a state, not no, a city. No, 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 city. Okay. Smarty. There's a Smarty the again. I'm in Dallas. The lady from wherever she's from, wherever she's from, the state, the city, we don't hear her name. In fact, Eli, I'm not convinced Elisha knew her name because he says, call the Shunammite woman. Now, I want to just, I want to talk to the women for a second because there's a powerful thing in this story yeah. that I want to give a, 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 a shout out to the women. If there's one little phrase for women that I think is so powerful, it's mm-hmm. the next phrase. Read yeah. the JPS, Nehemiah. Read the end of verse, the verse that you're so troubled about and so controversial. Just read that for me, would you? <laughs> In the JPS, it says, she answered, it's all right. Now, Nehemiah, I'm going <laughs> to stop you right there. Because, ladies, I want you to open your Bibles, and you're going to see something really, really interesting that's not only a word, mm-hmm. but that is an attitude of this, this woman. She says to her husband when he says, it's not new moon. It's not Sabbath. I'm out here working. What about my dinner? What about my situation? Don't you understand? She says one word. She says, mm-hmm. Shalom. Shalom. <laughs> my middle name. This is, no, no. It's bigger than that. She's saying, look, my son's dead. Shalom. The situation's bad. Shalom. I've got to run to the prophet. Shalom. And I just see this. I don't know this lady's name, but I feel the spirit of so many women that have to say shalom in bad circumstance. You know, if this is going wrong. This is going wrong. This is going wrong. And there's this the, the spirit of the Shunammite woman that says shalom. She says shalom and doesn't even know the end of the story. Mm-hmm. Her son's dead. Her husband's complaining. She's got to run on the donkey. In fact, mm-hmm. the scripture says she goes on to tell the servant. She says she saddles the donkey, says to her servant, Lead on, don't slow down from me unless I tell you. 
Yeah. Think about this. It's not always comfortable to be on a donkey. Oh, I, I've I, been on some donkeys. That I, I, we've been on some unpleasant. camels. We've been on some donkeys. Actually, donkeys are a lot, or camels are a lot more. Oh my more gosh! If you're a big guy, yeah, I took a camel over a donkey any day. <laughs> so in both stories, in both stories, we never hear yeah. their names, yeah. but we see a powerful picture of faith, well, and, and, obedience, uh, peace th- in the midst of the storm. More, I think there's more than more than what you're you're saying. What she's saying, peace. No, I think she's actually being evasive. I, well, let's see. Let's I mean, clearly, later on, when he's, you know, the Gehazi comes to her and says, Hashalom lach, is there peace to you? And she responds, Shalom, and it's a lie. No, I, I will argue with you about this. That is a lie. I think that the, no, I think that this is a woman of faith. She's in peace? No, she's, she's not, in peace, not, peace. not in peace Her because of the situation. We'll continue. This yeah. is what the spirit of the women I'm talking to, the women that have to say peace when there is no peace. They're able to say peace when there is no peace. And you know what, Gehazi? I'm not here to see you. Peace to you, husband. I want to argue with you. You can't go. Peace to you. I've got a mission I'm on, and I'm going to get there. So okay. until I Come get on. there. So I'm telling you, I'm these women that I'm... I, yeah. I think they know what I'm talking about. Let's keep reading because I'm, I'm going to get too excited here. But can I read the next few verses? You can. Please, would you read the next few verses? The next few words. Uh, she had the ass saddled <laughs> yeah. and said to her servant, uh, urge the beast on so that I don't slow down unless I tell you. Mm-hmm. She went on until she came to the man of God on Mount Carmel. And why Mount Carmel? Because that's where he was hanging out. And why was he there? Because he had a cave there where he lived. I don't and know. What, what are you talking about? It's connected to his teacher. That's where his teacher, you know, yeah. In, in other words, there's a, one of the most well, powerful we know there's an altar there. Get to that. Yeah, yeah okay. it's really amazing. Go ahead. Okay. When the man of God saw her from afar, he said to his servant, Gehazi, that is that Shunammite woman. Doesn't say her name. Nope. Go hurry toward her and ask her, how are you? It actually says run. She's running. Mm-hmm. He tells Gehazi, you run. Come on. I think the donkey's probably running, but yeah. Yeah. Go hurry toward her and ask her, how are you? How is your husband? How is the child? We are well, she replied. That's not what it says. Tell them no. what it says, Nehemiah. It says, Hashalom lach, is there peace to you? Hashalom leishech, is there peace to your husband? Hashalom layalad, is and there stop. peace to the boy? So she says three shaloms. For she says shalom first to yeah, the husband. Yeah, because he asked three times. Shalom, and then shalom, three shalom, shalom, shalom. And what does she say? Shalom. Shalom. <laughs> I think this is a woman of faith, a woman of purpose. This is a woman that's going to get what she believes God has for her. She's not going to give up on the promise. Her son is dead, Nehemiah. Mm. And she says, Shalom. Continue. Yeah. But when she came up the man of God, uh, when she came up to the man of God on the mountain, she clasped uh, his feet. Gehazi stepped forward to put her away. Push her away. But the man of God said, let her alone, for she is in bitter distress. And Yehovah has hidden it from me. And Interesting it's not told word. Me. Interesting word. He has yeah. hidden it from me. Yeah. What is the word there? Ha'elim, uh-huh. which is from the same root as Olam. Which we, we talked, talked about, about was the word week. of... <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. That's yeah. the one where they say, yeah. you know, that's why his name is hidden. But yeah. okay, let's continue. And that's actually the he feel form. Yep. Not the regular yep. form. Okay. Um, then she said, did I ask my Lord for a son? Didn't I say, don't Didn't mislead I say, me? Yes. He said to Gehazi, tie up your skirts and take my staff in your hand and go. If you meet anyone, do not greet him. And if anyone greets you, do not answer him and place my staff on the face of the boy. In verse 30. But the boy's mother said, as Yehovah lives and as you live, I will not leave you. No. So he arose and followed her. So now here's this woman of faith. Here's this woman of trust. This woman who believes, who says Shalom. Can we unpack for a second the phrase, as Yehovah lives? Mm-hmm. And as and by your soul, in other words, she's mm-hmm. she's doing something That's really an powerful. An oath. She's and can we slow oath, down yeah. and talk about that oath and how important that is that she's actually using that phrase and what that phrase means. Mm-hmm. So it's an oath, and this is an oath that we see in ancient Israel that you would swear by someone's life, mm-hmm. and it means is 
I, what you're basically saying is I'm proclaiming by the life of this person or in the, or, or in this case God that what I'm going to do is that I'm going to do what I say. And if you don't, you're essentially denying the life of God that God doesn't live, mm. which is blasphemy. Mm-hmm. So that's a that's a very powerful oath. So when she says this, and, and actually yeah. in, the, in the in the text, she actually says by 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 the life of Yehovah is what she says. Correct. It says Chai Yehovah, Chai Yehovah. Yeah. As Yehovah lives and as your soul lives, mm. im ezveka, I will not leave you. Mm. Boy, I, I can't wait until we, I mean, we're going to be able to get under this more and more. Yeah. But she basically says, look, I've reached my goal. I came to see you. I didn't, I, my husband couldn't stop me. The donkey's not going to slow me down. Yeah. Your servant isn't who I want to see, who asked the questions. Mm-hmm. I've come to you, the one who made the promise. And I've had this miracle. She says, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. And then now we're about to do something a little, little controversial here. Okay. It says, Elisha said to him to go. So what he did is in verse 31, Gehazi went on ahead and laid the staff on the boy's face, but there was no sound or response. So he went back to meet Elisha and told him the boy has not awakened. That could have been the end of the story. Mm-hmm. I think it's really interesting because he makes a statement, Yehovah has hidden this for me. And he's surprised. Mm-hmm. And, and there's this great verse in Amos, and I know we're running out of time, so I'll just read it real quick. Great verse in Amos, verse... Uh, um, uh, chapter three, verse seven, uh, it says, uh, in the JPS, indeed, my Lord, Yehovah does nothing without having revealed his purpose yes, to sir. his servants, the prophets. Yes, sir. Um, and it's not exactly what it says, but it's pretty close. Mm-hmm. Um, it, for our purposes, it's sufficient now. Um, so there is this idea that the prophet expects if there's some big thing going on, Yehovah is going to tell him about it. Mm-hmm. And Alicia says, well, what's going on here? What, what, do I only have two-thirds or something? How <laughs> come he didn't tell me about this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, and then he thought he could solve it by sending his servant to, you know, with the staff. And well, that didn't work either. Well, what's going on here? It's so funny. I'm reading this story, Nehemiah, and yeah. I, can't, I can't help but think of the stories that I read yeah. up. When I, when I grew up, folks, and I, yeah. I need to divert a little bit, Nehemiah, you talked about your tradition <clears throat> yeah. um, and, you know, the Sabbath tradition, et cetera. But when I read the stories, um, I was offered a skinny book or a big book. I was yeah. offered the New Testament mm-hmm. or the big book to read, and I just went with the skinny book. <laughs> so I would read the skinny book. And so that was what I, until I eventually came across these concepts that I couldn't understand unless I understood the big book. But one of the things that's really powerful about this story, and we talked a little bit about this, folks, you should know this, is that when you're reading this and when I'm reading this story, I'm kind of reminded of a parallel. You, we, you and I talked mm-hmm. about this, that, that there are stories of Yeshua where mm-hmm. he does something or his ministry has some, has some, some shadowing of this. Would you agree? I mean, so, well, to, so, so so let's talk about the elephant in the room <laughs> since you brought it up. Okay. So um, I think in the in the in you know in, in the New Testament tradition, the Christian tradition, it's understood that um, El- Eliyahu and Elisha are foreshadows of or prefigurations is the technical term of Jesus, of Yeshua, because um, there are many you know they're miracle workers and he's described as a miracle worker. What's interesting is is the response I've heard from some Jewish sources. They say, well, wait a minute, the stories are too similar. And they're so similar, um, they've actually made the accusation that the stories about Yeshua were made up based on, patterned after the stories of Elisha and uh, Elijah. So I'm supposed to stop and say, stop, we've got to cut and edit this, you can't say this? No, lean into this. So yeah. Tell me what your thought is about that. Um, you know, I, I do think it's really interesting that, um, you know, you definitely have these parallels. Mm-hmm. And what I find interesting, you look in the early Jewish tradition, there's no attempt to say, oh no, those those miracles that are attributed to Jesus didn't really happen. Mm-hmm. And, and on the contrary, so then the rabbis can say, well, he was he did it through magic. He did it through the power of the name of Yehovah. That's actually what they say. <laughs> he, you know, the Shema Mephorash, the explicit name, the, the unequivocal name, um, that he used this power 
that he wasn't supposed to use that other rabbis knew how to use. Okay, know. awesome. Well, let me let me read this because we're actually it's really interesting. It's, yeah. uh, it says here that um, the the child's mother said, "As sure as he lives, you will not go." Uh, Gehazi went, and the reason I brought up the parallel story is that um, there was also examples where there was a a, a young man that was um, that was dead, and and uh, they, the disciples went, and they couldn't they mm-hmm. couldn't do anything about it. Yeah, and then he had to come, and he went in and shut the door. This, Wait, can shut, we finish the passage and yeah, talk yeah, about okay, this listen, resurrection thing? But the child's is, mother, and he says he, he says here when Elisha reached the house, there was the boy lying dead on the couch. Yeah. He went and sat, uh, shut the door, shut the door. Come on, say shut yeah, the door. Shut the door. On the two of them and prayed to Yehovah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> he didn't get in there. I mean, you know, start doing his medical thing. First thing he did is he got in there and said, okay, Papa, I'm in a little trouble here. <laughs> and so he I know prays. I can't do this without you. Then he got on the bed, lay upon the boy, mouth to mouth, eyes to eyes, hands to hands. Check me if I'm wrong here. As he stretched himself out upon him, the boy's body grew warm. Elisha turned away and walked back and forth in the room and then got on the bed and stretched out upon him once more. The boy sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. And then he says, Elisha summoned Gehazi and said, call the Shunammite. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That still doesn't use her name. Yeah. And it says, and he did. And when she came, he said, take your son. She came in, fell at his feet and did what in the Hebrew to the ground? And bowed down to the ground. Yes. And what does that mean there? She bowed down to the ground. She took her son and went out. I almost wonder, Nehemi, if she didn't have a little time of worship right there mm-hmm. when she bowed down. In fact, that there's a the, the, the sense that it wasn't just a simple, hey, thank you, but rather, you know, she realizes the weight of what just happened yeah. to her. This is a woman of faith. This is a woman of purpose. She's on a journey, etc. And what happens? This very thing that she was mm-hmm. promised, an amazing thing. Yeah. Her son came to life. So, so now we've got to talk about this issue of resurrection. Can we, can we talk about Yes, it? please. Absolutely. He's a dead guy, a dead boy, and he brings him back to life. And, of course, it immediately evokes, you know, 1 Kings chapter 17, where Elijah brings the, the you know, another situation like that back to life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this, a third situation, 2 Kings 13, 21, mm-hmm. where, um, can, we, can we read that? I, we got to read both of these because this is such an, a, a powerful, you know, you know situation here where, where there's a dead person. And through the power of Jehovah, the person's brought back to life. We've, Amen. We've, 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 you know, so where is this in 1 Kings 17? I think and, while you're, and while you're looking yeah. for that, what, the reason that it's been exciting for me is yeah. that so many times that people will come and say, well, so your, your, your belief is in, you know, in resurrection? And I'm like, well, I, I, I see it happen. I mean, I've, I mean, we've had this conversation. I mean, we yeah. talk about it in the Tanakh, that there's resurrection. I mean, what is, what is God <clears throat> unable to do? Bring yeah. from, from, from death to life? Amen. There's so stories of that. So 1 Kings 17, 18. Uh, so the boy's dead. We're, skip, we're not going to read the whole thing. She said to Elijah, What harm have I done you, O man of God, that you should come here to recall my sin and cause the death of my son? By the way, this boy is not an Israelite. Mm-hmm. This is a woman from uh, a place called Sarepta or Sorfat, mm-hmm. um, which is a city of Sidon. She's a Canaanite. Mm-hmm. She's a Canaanite woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we talked about the parallel. So there's a parallel in the New yes. Testament with Jesus and a, parallel, and a Canaanite woman. Um so she said, you've come here to recall my sin and, and cause the death of my son. Uh, and in verse 19, he says, give me the boy. He said to her and taking him from her arms, he carried him to the upper chamber, again, an upper chamber where mm-hmm. he was staying and laid him down on his own bed. So the parallel is just, just so clear. He cried out to Yehovah and said, oh, Yehovah, my God, will you bring calamity upon this widow whose uh, guest I am and let her son die? Then he stretched out over the child three times. And cried out to Yehovah, saying, "O oh, Yehovah, my God, let this child's life return to his body." Mm-hmm. Yehovah heard Elijah's plea; the child's life returned to his body, and he revived. 
Elijah picked up the child and brought him down from the upper room into the main room and gave him to his mother. See, said Elijah, your son is alive. And the woman answered Elijah, now I know that you are a man of God and that the word of Jehovah is truly in your mouth. Come on. So, I mean, wow. So we've got almost the same exact story. It's obviously a little different because we're mm-hmm. different people, different places. Mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, in both cases, there's a dead boy uh, to a woman who you know doesn't have any other children. And the prophet prays to Yehovah, mm-hmm. does some other kinds of things, laying on him and stretching out. And I'm not sure what that's about, but it mm-hmm. is, it, it's what it says. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the boy comes back to life. Mm-hmm. And in both cases, the woman sees this and says, okay, this really is from Yehovah. Amen. It's and, a miracle. And I think what's interesting is I don't oh, think yeah. that she came and she bowed. And like, again, again, looking at this word that she came down and she came to bow. I just get this picture, Nehemiah, mm-hmm. when I read that, that it was a it was a time of bowing, it was a time of worship. So she bowed to Elisha. No, or she's Yehovah? not bowing to to Elisha. She's bowing to Yehovah. Okay. She knows that it, mm-hmm. this is this has come from him. That's why I'm saying her. You know, sometimes for us, for those of us walking this this work walk of faith, circumstances can really look bad sometimes. Yeah. And the only response in those times that looks bad is shalom, <laughs> yeah, peace, because peace is coming. I may not be here right now. But I believe the peace is coming. And I, I know for myself, yeah. this story is one of those ones that um, I've seen so many stories of so many different people mm-hmm. where where they've had to they've had to, had to speak peace in the midst of struggle in, in bad mm-hmm. news. And I mean, that's certainly been the case with our family. If you can you talk to the Johnsons, I mean, we've had a lot of stuff that's happened. But saying shalom in the middle of it has been something almost like a, a, a bit of a... a You're a saying to say shalom even when you don't want to say shalom. Well, shalom means shalom. You know, okay. it is, there is peace. So. so so, we've got to read the next one, which yes. is 2 Kings 13.21. And here it's talking about there are these bands of marauders that came into, into Israel. And it says, once a man was being buried when the people caught sight of such a band. So they threw the corpse into Elisha's grave and made off. Mm-hmm. When the dead man came in contact with Elisha's bones, he came to life and stood up. Mm. <laughs> that's a third Amen. story about resurrection in the Tanakh um, can we look just at a few of the verses that talk about this in other places mm. we won't do a whole session here on, on resurrection because we are running out of time but one verse I've got to read is Deuteronomy 32-39 it's this, uh, the song here yes. it says uh, see then that I am he there is no God beside me I deal death and give life Mm. I wounded and I will heal. None can deliver from my hand. And I got to read it from Hebrew. He says, Ani amit which means I cause to die and I bring to life. Mm. So Yehovah is the one who, who brings resurrection, who causes life. Amen. And then we have a few other verses. Isaiah twenty six nineteen is a famous one. Apparently, according to many people referring to the final resurrection, where it says, Oh, let your dead revive. And in Hebrew, it says live. Mm-hmm. Um, Let corpses arise, awake and shout for joy, you who dwell in the dust. For your dew is like the dew on fresh growth. You make the land of the shades, meaning of the dead souls, come to life. Mm-hmm. So we've got this image of the final resurrection, Isaiah twenty six nineteen. Another one, one last one, and we'll leave the topic unless you have something to say about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel twelve two. Many of those that sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to eternal life, others to reproaches to everlasting abhorrence. We could talk about Ezekiel 37, but there's a prophet pearls on that, so we'll let it wait. <laughs> we'll wait, and we, will, and, and we are going to continue doing prophet pearls. I will say this, Nehemiah, as we've come to a close, it's our goal, it's our hope that we're going to be able to, uh, to walk all the way through these prophet pearls, 54 mm-hmm. different, uh, different uh, portions. Uh, we're going to ask people to continue to share with their family, to share with their friends, uh, to bring people along and that they can actually interact with us the, with the Word of God. And as we do that, one of the reasons we're doing it the way we are is so that people can go both to the both websites and, and interact with us, even Facebook. I wanna, mm-hmm. You're a Facebook beast, you know. Your, your Facebook, I don't know, thousands of people, tens of thousands of people, you, uh, you, you put forth um, 
scripture bites, and I don't know what the number is. He the has his thousands, and Nehemiah has tens of tens thousands. Tens of thousands. <laughs> Facebook, <laughs> fans. <laughs> Facebook fans. Facebook fans. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, Come to my Facebook real quick. Ask me a friend. I'll, I'll let you in right away. <laughs> but hey, want to say? Let me let me say, let me say this. Is there anything else you want to say, Nehemiah? We want to bring closure to this because we've got some more things coming really soon. So, mm-hmm. um, is there anything you want to say before we bring closure? Can we end in prayer? Abs- would you be willing to do that? I would love to end in prayer. Awesome. Yehovah Vinu Shabashamayim, Yehovah our Father in heaven, uncover our eyes that we may see the wonderful hidden things of your Torah, Father. You are the one who brings death and also causes to live, who resurrects. Yehovah, resurrect the souls of every person who is listening to this spiritually and, and in the future, in the end time, when we come before you in the valley of Jehoshaphat, Yehovah, I ask that you bring us back to life and that we stand before you Mm. and we drink those life-giving waters Mm. that you are the source of. Yehovah, may we all be blessed with the words of the psalm, Chaim Ad Haolam, Psalm 133.3, life everlasting. Amen. Amen. So until next week, we pray that you will keep reading. Keep listening and keep watching until we meet again. And everyone said together, Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to Prophet Pearls with Nehemia Gordon and Keith Johnson. For more information, please visit NehemiahsWall.com and BFAInternational.com. International.com.